0: Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the rink rat report podcast today is monday january 21 uh, almost the all-star break slash the bye week coming up in the next couple weeks uh, in next weekend is all-star weekend uh, so wednesday is the least last game uh, we had the rare double game this weekend that being friday and sunday no leafs saturday game is really such a weird thing but anyways, and being snowed into the house. No, no Leaf game, being snowed in, just such an awkward, such an obscure feeling. that how, What an obscure feeling that was. Anyways, got my notes ready for those, uh, for recapping those two games. Um, first, I'm going to get into a little bit of news around the NHL. Uh, I forgot to mention this last time, and that was... The World Cup cancellation, that was a really big thing to happen. The big thing with this is that it's now suspected that the players are going to be allowed to go to the Olympics. Um, What happened with the World Cup versus the Olympics thing? With the Olympics, the owners or the NHL, they were paying the insurance bill for the players to go over to the Olympics. So it was about $10 million, probably even more to send the players to the Olympics and they get no direct revenue coming back. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, we, we got to grow the game. Well, if you're making a $10 million investment and then like in order for that investment to be successful, you need follow up investments. You need other things going into place. You need to pump more money into it. And so to start with this, the Olympics, I don't think it's worth a $10 million investment even more 10 plus million dollar investment shortening your season not having the all-star break which the all-star break they make money off of and the world cup they made money off of so to say we'll say 11 million dollars to send the players and then to have to do follow-up investments on that as well and to not see any direct revenue coming back that's a terrible return on investment and i don't see like the the owners got fed up so they said no and I think that's smart. I mean, they need some sort of... And I think the TV, uh, the cable deals got slaughtered on that one because the ratings were probably were nowhere near what they were supposed to be if they projected the NHL players to be in the Olympics that year. So what I think, something's got to happen. They got to see some sort of money coming back the other way. Maybe th- I, this shouldn't be too big of a bargaining tool for the players to say like, yeah, well give in to this if you let us go to the olympics because that's just kind of weird and you're losing a lot of money on that but the 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 olympics committee has to be sending some some sort of money back to the nhl that's a ridiculous amount that the, the owners have to pay to send their players there um and then it's a ridiculous amount of money that they're losing out on to send their players to the olympics to get no direct revenue coming back i mean obviously the olympics is a lot better when the players are there but that's a lot of money for the owners and i can see why they're not being sent there so no world cup no uh team north america i was really looking forward to seeing that again that was awesome um some of the stuff i mean the team europe stuff i wasn't a huge fan of but i mean it all it was, all in all it, it was a pretty good tournament obviously not as good as what the olympics would be with the the players but um You know, more hockey is obviously better, so sad to see that go. Uh, We had a minor league trade, Justin Bailey, for Taylor Lear. Just a note on Justin Bailey, he was a second-round pick of the Sabres. The Sabres, and in 2013, the Buffalo Sabres in 2013 selected three players in the third round. And I believe Justin Bailey was the last one. Like, he's not on the roster anymore. Like, they have... None of those three players have... Are on that team anymore. Yeah, JT Comfer, who I believe was in the Ryan O'Reilly deal. I'll confirm that in a second. Connor Hurley, who... I think she's toast league. Yeah, she's toast league. And Justin Bailey. So... Even Nick Baptiste, their third-round pick from that year, Cal Peterson, another one, but not too too bad in the sense that they did. I mean, they got wrist alignment from this draft, and they they traded away some pieces that led to Ryan O'Reilly. So not all bad, was it for Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah, J.T. Confort was part of that Ryan O'Reilly deal, so. I thought that was pretty interesting. Three second-round picks in one year, and then they had three the next year. And I mean, Eric Cornell's not really working out. Brendan Lemieux got traded, and the other buddy also didn't make it. So that's six second-round picks between 13 and 14 that are no longer with the Buffalo Sabres organization. I thought that was pretty interesting. Anyways, minor league deal. Both players have been in the A- AHL all year. Um, I don't really see... I mean, I don't think it'll make too big of an impact. But... who, Moving on. So, uh, I'm just going to get straight into the, the weekend games for the Leafs. Uh, because this was terrible. I mean... They started off hot in both of these games. It looked like they were going to smoke these teams out of the water. They're playing a couple teams that are not in a playoff position in Florida and Arizona. Both teams with some pretty glaring deficiencies. Arizona has trouble putting the puck in the net. Like, they do. I, mean, and I know they've had a lot of injuries this year and whatnot, but they, they're not the most talented team there is. Uh, Florida they can't put their puck in the net they do an okay job with that but they can't keep the puck out of the out of their net so what happens we score one against Florida I know Bobby Lou is a good goaltender he's been terrible this year but he is a good goaltender but there, it was just it just looked like pure dysfunction out there I mean how do you beat this, the Panthers the Panthers don't have good depth so you gotta have more than two lines rolling like you gotta have your big guys step up, and you gotta have some supporting cast step up, and that's—I mean—that's a second line. You gotta have two lines going. I mean, it doesn't matter if your goaltending is on or not; you still will have a good chance of beating the Panthers if you have better depth in them, and you have the top line going and the second line going. You can beat them. The Leafs had three lines that you can consider to be—well, I wouldn't consider the Cadbury line top-level talent, but anyways, they're a very good second line. And then they have their two first lines. I mean, we just did not get enough out of the... Nylander, I know, got demoted at the end. He didn't look too great until that last shift. Matthews didn't do enough. Um, I thought Janssen was okay, though, there. Um, Brown being moved onto that line was... uh, I'm going to call it somewhat useless because he didn't do much. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what to do with Brown. He's just... He's a fourth liner. And he does an okay job of it. I like him on the fourth line. He's not a bad player. So, but that line just not going hard, I mean, not doing enough out there just kind of killed them. And then on top of that, the power play has just been absolute doggy doo doo. I mean, just ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I mean, they scored so early into the game against. Florida and then in, in the game against the Coyotes even tonight, eleven forty-five. Eleven forty five in the first, they score. And just nothing. Just not enough. After that. I mean, and it, it, the defense has just been at times I don't know. What the least what I've been finding is that and I wrote this down. Like, people are just saying, oh, it's laziness. Well, no. If you're, the player looks like he's trying really hard when he's skating, I don't know. Like, to me, that just shows a deficiency in their stride. And they're not moving that fast. But I don't think it's just laziness. It's at points they just look like they're puck watching, and they collapse. And especially this happens at the end of the period. I've been highlighting this a lot. At the end of the first period, I believe they took a penalty too. 20 minutes, Nikita Zaitsev, high-sticking against Nick Cousins. I mean, they're just... And it's because they're just puck-watching. It looked like they just stopped. They just thought, like, we're done. Like, at least ice it. At least move it out of your own flipping end. Like, there's just been a couple times where they just... They're standing around doing... I don't know. They look like they're Sims characters, and they're waiting for an order. And a perfect example of this one was... The Coyotes' first goal. I'll go more into the Coyotes' game later. But the Coyotes' first goal... I mean... And don't get me started on Martin morrison My God. He's not a good defenseman. I'll give him some slack. Because he hadn't played in a little while. But... My God, was he absolutely horror-awful tonight. But... Anyways. Going back to this Florida game. um, That first goal that Florida... Sto- so, let's go to the positive. The, the Toronto goals, the two, two of Toronto's last three goals were caught were scored by a defenseman and caused by Par Lindholm, which was actually pretty cool to see because Lindholm hasn't scored in a long, long, long time. But both were screened by him, so kudos to him. You got to give him a pat on the back. He didn't play many minutes at all this weekend. I don't even think he cracked 10 minutes in either game, but... To cause a couple goals like that, that's pretty awesome for a fourth liner. So, anyways, another thing that I've noticed over the past two games, Mitch Marner is, he might be the Leafs' best penalty killer. I'm not even kidding, just the way he, he's created chances off the penalty kill, he, the way he's moved the puck down the ice, the way that they were, like, the Coyotes went 0-4 on the power play today, and Marner even got a chance on the on the penalty kill, I mean, he's just been awesome. I mean, I really like. it. He, he got an increase and in, did play 220 on the penalty kill this this game. So I expect him to see, to see more and more time on the penalty kill uh, moving forward because he has been doing a fantastic job. And I know he's not the prototypical heavy shot locking penalty kill guy, but I mean, whatever he's doing is working very well. Anyways, so going back to this Florida game for for good. The, that first Florida goal was just Nikita Zaitsev not knowing how to hold a stick or something. I, like to me it looks there's got to be an injury. You can't be on the ice as what 6 times a week and pass the puck and handle the puck as horribly as he does. I mean, it started with him, so he had the puck, he mishandled it and gave a horrible pass to Gardner even though there was no pressure on him. He just mishandled it. And then from there, puck goes to the point tipped by Mike Hoffman, who's been just an absolute stud this year. So, assist from Keith <laughs> Yandel. Anyways, what started good for the Leafs in this game? They went flat. Um, and then from there, they, they did try to move things around. They went... Nylander Matthews Johnson um and then moved uh Hyman back to the Tavares line unfortunately like right after that Vincent Trocek who I think that was his first game back from injury he just looked awesome in this one I mean what a play by him ices it Huberto gets the puck beats out the icing back to Trocek up to Matheson uh through Bugstad who's a just an absolute unit and into the net in this game against Florida I think Sparks actually did play well he did himself a lot of favor and I did not see enough people talking about that I mean everyone was saying oh get rid of Sparks we have Hutchinson as a backup but I mean Sparks played pretty well in this one he got a little lucky in one point it hit there was a little double doink that went through his arm but Sparks played pretty well in this game he made a couple very key saves so i mean i give them a lot of shift but kudos to sparks in this game uh the rest of the game um i mean i know everyone's was saying well give me my friday night back this 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 game was just so boring well like imagine having known the score and i had to re-watch it so after those first two goals happened in the first period i didn't know when the goals happened i had to watch from the second period on and just be like they're just not going to score and i had to take notes on stuff pretty painful pretty painful stuff but anyways teams traded chances Bobby Lu played very well uh, the penalty kill I thought was good Igor Ozhiganov has just been an absolute tire fire in the past couple games I don't know what happened he scored that goal against Colorado and from then on in he's just been horrible I mean, and his minutes have shown it too. Nine minutes against Tampa Bay, deservingly so. Uh, 12.44 against Florida. And then tonight, 11.41. So, like, maybe try to shake that up. I know if you put hole in, he's going to play terrible because he hasn't played, played, what, two games this year? And for a defenseman to sit in the press box for a long time, defense, they have to deal with, like, the defending aspect of it, Uh, The pace of the play really does. You need to be in the game to experience that and to have to be fully integrated into that. And the decision making aspect of it uh, also plays into fact. So it doesn't matter how much you're practicing. If you're not in in a game, it's going to be kind of tough to jump from the press box onto the ice. And we've seen it with like what Corrado was horrible after. I mean, these are not good defensemen. Also, you have to remember that. So, them going into these situations like this and not having played, it just makes it so much more difficult for them to be fully integrated into the lineup and to play well. So, I mean, if you throw a hole in that first game, you, you better be willing, very willing to keep him in for five games straight. Five games and then see what he can do then. And if he's playing better than Ojigana, then, then keep him in. But if you throw him in for one game and say, like, yeah, this is your opportunity to, to show yourself to show that you're worth being in this lineup, then he's going to play horrible. It's just how it's going to work. It happened last time to him. He was, what, dash two? It was horrible. It took a penalty, A couple costed a couple goals. But how can you really blame him? He's been in the press box the whole time. And you can't. how can you really feel bad for him? He's also collecting a check, a six-figure check, to do so. Not a bad life. I better look into that. Anyways... Um, so Nylander did get promoted back to, up to the Matthews line at the end of the game. However, crossing over from one terrible game. Uh, my closing notes on this one. Uh, the defense was moving the puck like it's a grenade. Um, Marlow actually played, showed up and played very well in this Florida game. That's why I gave in my forward line ranks. I said that the and kadri marlow line was the best line for the Leafs. Um, they were the cause of that goal that the Leafs scored. kadri won a puck battle in the corner, got his and kapanen, kapanen to Riley-Riley. Hainsey-Hainsey back in the net. Uh, number two, Marner was the best forward on the ice for the Leafs by far. I didn't see enough from JT and Hyman, but I gave them second line, second rank. Um, the fourth line I thought was pretty terrible tonight other than Lindholm causing that goal um Nylander Matthews needed to step up I thought Janssen was pretty good so we'll give him the exception but fourth line was pretty bad and when you're in a limited opportunity like that and you're getting noticed in such a way that's why I mean that's why I gave him the lowest rank but Kadri line was decent Marner was good Janssen was good Lindholm had that great play so that's my uh, my Um That's my assessment of what the forwards did. The defense was just terrible. I don't even want to talk about that. Um But yeah, they lost their juice halfway through the first. They just couldn't carry that energy through the rest of the game and it it cost them in this one. So moving on. Arizona versus Toronto. I was convinced this game was in Arizona, but it wasn't. Didn't really affect me at all though. I was watching from the couch. So Um, Anderson started off with a nice save. Marner with a good chance. Um, Check out, actually, Hey Barber. Because he posted uh, Marner's backhand toe drag that he had. He missed the net on it, but that was filthy. Matthews also had a couple filthy... uh, uh, Marner... Matthews also showed off his stick handling a little bit in this game. Um, He looked very frustrated in this one too, though. Because the puck's just not going in for him lately, I don't know what's wrong with him, but hopefully he snaps out of it soon, and from the way he's been, if he keeps it up, I think the pucks will go in very, very soon, so, anywho, um, I thought Nylander actually impressed me in this game, against Florida, he wasn't great at all, I know it's been a tough stretch for him, all unlucky, this, that, he just didn't play well against Florida, In this game against Arizona, he really, really, I thought he really earned that promotion back up to the Matthews line. And if we don't see him uh, playing in a bigger role against Washington, that's going to be really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. So, um, anyways, started off hot again. Travis Dermot, goal. Uh, Nylander actually got, I think, the first assist or second assist on this one have to look that up first assist on primary assist on this goal and it was a good one he hunted down the free pot he the he hunted down the puck he freed it loose travis Dermot got the shot lindholm screen beautiful nice job lindholm on that one he didn't i mean it's not a goal his goal is still like five thousand games but he did a great job on that one creating a goal so uh but then after that i mean they, they just fell flat again um Martin Morinson in those first three shifts was horrible. Big giveaway in his own zone. Um, and then Vinny Hino-Straza actually missed on that breakaway. He just mumbied it. He can, can't hold... I mean, I thought Zaitsev was terrible at holding the puck. Marincin's almost as bad as him. It was horrible. And then at the end of the period, they only... It, like, their end of the period, they just give up. They start standing still. And proof of that, Hainsy just got... Like, absolutely dusted by galchenyuk you should know that galchenyuk like is a good player he's very talented and then he's just gonna completely dust you if you're standing still like that luckily fred made a great save um got out of the period took a penalty because sideslip's useless but anywho going into the next period they killed off the penalty thank god like fred made another great save but this arizona goal it was Ozhiganov and Marincin standing there, looking like they're in quicksand. They get off the bench and they're just. They're, they, Kempe just goes right by them and breakaway scores. Little sh- fake shot and scores. I mean, like what an impression! What an impression by Marincin on this game. He was terrible. Andy took a penalty somewhere in that first... I think it was in the first... Yep, first period to tripping. So a tripping penalty, a nice giveaway, and then he causes a goal against. Awesome. Hat trick for Martin Morinson. Round of applause for him. Horrible. Um, the zone entries against for the Leafs in this game was pretty glaring. I don't know if they were coyotes were coming in hot uh one, one thing that i did notice this game and a lot of people are pointing it out on twitter the the, the people are saying the least need more grit they need, need more colt more uh was uh, oh the coyotes are blocking shots and hitting people well like they were but when you look at it i mean the least only drew one penalty and they took four which is also not a good look they didn't give up any in the power play but eight minutes shorthanded With not your best guys out there is kind of brutal. But, I mean, they couldn't get very good looks. I mean, they were playing Kemper. I don't care what his save percentage is. The Coyotes have been playing fairly strong defense around him. He's not the best goalie. I I really was hoping we'd light him up tonight. But, yeah, in this second period, it was terrible. Two goals against, one from just watching, another one, Riley, pretty bad giveaway on the boards and Keller oh my god what a shot you could hear the bar ring from Sudbury Ontario like that was shit he just he kissed that bar like it was the hottest girl in the bar at the pub that would have made more sense damn it can't go back now oh well um but yeah that was couple ugly goals caused by the defenseman and moving into the third I mean just such a dry game I mean remember when the Leafs were such an exciting team to watch at the beginning of the year and now it's it's gone stale it's gone dry the power play's gone flat I mean Cadre's line's been playing they played fairly well I think over the last three games but I mean not enough to show for it, I don't think. Um, at least tied it up in the third, but... Again. Another... Like a turnover. I think on that, that, that goal that the Coyotes scored... Vinigino Straza, um, There was like eight turnovers. It was a hor- horrible how, the, how it ended up in their zone. And then Marner, of all people... Or like, the guy who's been playing the best on this team... Turns it over at the blue line and... Bing, bingo bango it's a NHL forward against Zaitsev who do you think wins that battle in front Zaitsev didn't even know where the puck was the whole time just brutal gracious to Pete that's all I wrote is my closing notes gracious to Pete they need to fix some stuff so one thing I want to highlight Connor Garland who I have talked about um, it was pretty surprising they showed a couple of his goals. And man, this kid is just, he's, f- what, 5'10", 180 pounds of just grit. I mean, to go from such a skilled player and 100, a hundred, 120-plus point player in junior to now gritting his way to finding success in the NHL like the, like he has, that's, that's really cool to see. So, who knows, maybe at least have someone in the waking like that grenstrom grenstrom marchman trevor moore we do there we go um but yeah the arizona this the arizona disabled list dogs made uh made the leafs look bad in this one and they didn't have anywhere near the talent the least did but they got it done they made it they found a way they and The Leafs didn't pretty much. So, anyways, looking forward, uh, pretty much all we have to look forward to is there's a game on Wednesday, uh, Washington, Toronto, in Toronto. Leafs are getting pretty lucky on this one and should have pretty good odds because the Capitals have lost four in a row. Uh, It's four regulation in a row, and the one before that was the Blue Jackets in overtime. So they lost against St. Louis, not in a playoff spot. Nashville in a playoff spot. Islanders 2-0, which the Islanders, I don't know. I don't know. They're a wagon, I guess. Not really. But what how they're in first is just something else. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Uh, they lost to the Blackhawks today, 8-5. So four in a row for that's four losses in a row for the Capitals. They're going to get up against San Jose at home, and then they come to Toronto, 7.30 tilt, and then the Leafs are off for just forever. Forever and ever, all the way till February 1st against Calgary. So, oh no, I was looking at the Capitals. My God, I'm such a goomba. The Leafs aren't off until the first against the red wings in detroit. There we go. The capitals are also off until the 1st in case anyone was wondering. So, if you're going to bounce back, I mean, you really want to go into the break strong on this one. Obviously, I know I sound like a cliche coach, but you're playing a team that's coming off a of back-to-back. They're like they're over the overnight travel plus the fact that they've lost four in a row. I mean, it could not be served on a still any more on a silver platter than it is in this game right here. So hopefully they can get it done. Um I'm not sure is Braden Holpey back. Either way I think Phoenix Copley's been I don't like it. I don't think he's that great. So and to go along with that Holpe even though he's an all-star not been terrific this year Uh, he's been okay this year and then phoenix copley's been just below okay so yeah everyone's pretty familiar everyone that watched the playoffs last year is pretty familiar with this team i mean they got big old tommy wilson that'll run you over uh ovechkin backstrom on d carlson niskanen kempney's been pretty good for them this year Orlov's always a very good 5-on-5 five five defenseman, so they're struggling, they're coming off a of back-to-back, you, there's just no excuses to not win this one, so anyways, All-Star break coming up, uh, I'm not actually going to be watching the All-Star game, I'm going to be at the Steelheads game on the Friday Steelheads and Colts get to watch some Ryan Suzuki, Thomas Harley, uh, Nathan Allenson's on also on that team. He's not bad. Victor Hadfield. I think that's an underrated defenseman right there. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I work for his his grandfather, I just driving range. But yeah. <laughs> um, and then on Saturday, uh, I will be at the Bulldogs game as well. Get to watch some Arthur Kaliev. And I'm pretty sure they're playing the Steelheads again. So same guys twice. Thomas Harley's a big one to circle there too. Uh, Just a couple notes on this draft. I was... I had been doing a little bit of work on it. Uh, I did get to see... Some guys played. I haven't watched all the ones that I want to yet. But one thing that I did notice and I did tweet today... Just to close off this episode with a couple 2019 NHL draft notes. Uh, Maxim Kajikovich, he was one that everyone had on the radar coming into this year because he did have 11 points in five games at the U18s for Slovakia. Uh, to start the year, he didn't; it wasn't quite up to people's expectations. But as of late, he's caught fire and. He's leading his team in scoring. He's leading the Sea Dogs in scoring 31 points 38 games with 16 in his last 12. So, I mean, watch out. He could be he he could be getting his numbers back up to around where where they should be and then Sea Dogs aren't probably not going to make the playoffs, so he's probably going to make another splash in the U18s again. So, that's one to keep your eye on right there. Um And I'll be highlighting more people going forward. So that was just one guy that caught my eye today. So that's all that I have for today's episode. Um, Have fun surviving the All-Star weekend. I know I'm not going to be watching it. Fun weekend for some people. I'll definitely watch some highlights on the skill competition. But other than that, it's a no for me, Chief. So have a great Monday, everyone.